always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for eight bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Bug Out Square. It's Tuesday at six o'clock. I'm um. Uh, <clears throat> I was a little late there, maybe, but not that late. It's still six o'clock. Uh, you know, digitally. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Yeah, this week on Bug Out Square, we're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, Halloween thing. Bear's going to be in here, I think. And we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do four hours of uh, of uh, what what no a vigilante man no rainy night no sleeping just no mouse man come along and
Welcome to my breakdown I hope I didn't scare you That's just the way we
some sleep. I stretched myself out on my antique bed, and my spirit did a midnight creep. You know I'll never sleep no more. It seemed to me that it just ain't wise. as evil as you could be.
my guitar and sing a song in a shaky voice that was real as the day was long.
were still on fire and their hooves were made of steel. Their horns were black and shiny and their hot breath he could feel. A bolt of fear went through him as they thundered through the sky, for he saw the riders coming high, and he heard their mournful cry. Your time, time to pay. 
prowling around your kitchen door You better not let him in Little old lady got mutilated late last night Werewolves of London again thing I remember, Doc, I started to swerve, and then 
I saw the Jag slide into the curve. I know I'll never forget that horrible sight. I guess I found out for myself that everyone was right. Yo.
smells like dying fish. In Berlin, still stinks of Auschwitz. I wanna go where the wild things play. I wanna go to the home of the brave.
Like a dog without a bone and actor out alone, riders on the storm. There's a killer on the road. His brain is squirming like a toad. Take a
Riders on the storm Riders on the storm Into this house we're born Into this world we're thrown Like a dog without a bone And actor out on loan Riders on the storm Oh
that was X. Yeah, that was X, Double Doll, Double Doll. And this is uh, Bug House Square, Mutiny Radio. Um, it's so many things. Uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, we've been through this. I don't want to have to repeat myself. It's uh, Bug House Square <laughs> on the corner of 21st and Florida, Mutiny Radio. 21st in Florida, where it's always flat and sometimes sunny. It's dark. And you're right. Can you come in? Can you testify to that, sir? It is, in fact, dark. It is. Um, uh, he nodded. In a, I don't know. I'm assuming. He looked over in this direction. I will testify. <laughs> um, uh, corner 21st of Florida, beautiful mission. It's always flat and sometimes sunny. Yeah, it's dark. Uh, we're, um, I, I kind of like this time of year because it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's Halloween. Yeah, that's right. Ah, ooh. And they, and, and they, they, uh, uh, they worked it out good because, uh, you know, the days are getting, uh, shorter and especially the, the way that they work the, uh, daylight saving time. They like wait till like after Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving after Halloween, because you know, the, the, the nights they're getting dark uh pretty quick you know in, in the in the mornings it's still dark when i'm getting up so i'm like man when are they going to change that clock back and uh <laughs> so it's kind of like so it's at least it's at least dawn when i'm waking uh but no it's uh it's like full on dark out anyway i i'm not going to bore you with the details of my uh uh housekeeping but uh <laughs> Uh, let's see, what do we got here? Yeah, so um, if you got something to say, got something to play, the door's always open. You can come on in and, uh, you know, I've got a mic here and stuff. Uh, but tonight, of all nights, is uh, it's a Halloween extravaganza. Bear is here, and he's come with, like, uh, Loaded for Bear, and he's going to be playing all kinds of stuff we're going to go into his show so i'm not sure how this is going to work out what we'll do is we'll we'll uh, archive the whole mess and then hopefully that'll get kind of uploaded to everybody's thing but um so you may get you may be listening and it gets cut off halfway but uh things will they get they work themselves out uh which reminds me is because um uh we're always look we're always begging for money it's always pledge week at uh at mutiny radio so uh if you come in through the website and you see the donate button button and you can do it and uh, drain your entire savings account as you do that it's amazing how the, the, what these uh computer people can do um but uh we will only take a small portion of that and um it goes to a great cause um God, what's going on? Oh, man, the, the state's on fire, so uh, that's kind of a drag. Um, it, uh, it, um, I want to say it, it distracts <laughs> from what all, all the other shit going on, but it doesn't. There's no distraction. It just, it's like, um, uh, it's like when they just, just more weight being heaped upon you, you know. So it's not like you're, you kind of shook one load off and then it's the new load. No. It's, <laughs> It's uh, right now. It's uh, it sparks. Um, so, uh, there's a lot of people who are are, are fleeing. Um, not so much fires, but there's a lot of power outages and and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of people coming south and coming to where there's electricity. It's very um, it's interesting uh, to see. Interesting. Um, 
it's uh it i don't know a lot of a lot of good stuff's playing out you know people are helping one another and that sort of thing there's uh you know there's the fair share of looting and whatnot but uh all that you know they try to uh help with that um but um hey uh we got bear here too um, um let me put up like, hey that mic right there two two is that this mic yeah right there we go so bear uh um, um how you doing man how, how how's life i mean it's been a couple of weeks man you weren't here last week what's up with that because uh i went you don't have to say to a concert and had to review was it good the sound was shit but the band was all right what was the band the chameleons oh i should know them shouldn't i should i know them after new wave post-punk kind uh-huh. of yeah that they, they, they've British. been around a long time yeah. Right? yeah 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 i shouldn't i don't i don't know them i don't have any of their records um so yeah bear um uh we're doing this halloween thing and and um i i've i've got what i have is i've got a lot of things that were uh have you ever all right so ever i don't know if people like to be scared i i i don't I don't like live to be scared, you know? I mean, I've got friends who like really are into like, just like watching just of the scariest shit and just like really this like freaky scary, like like exorcist to the nth degree scary. For me, exorcist, it, 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 it just, it ruined me. I was like, I don't know. I was probably, it was the second time around. I was probably 14. I saw a Catholic kid. I was like in eighth grade. There's your problem. Eighth grade through Catholicism. I was just primed. I was just at that, the peak of, of awareness and, uh, on comes the exorcist. And that just, I I slept on the floor in my mother's bedroom. (laughs) I was so, I mean, that like for a while I was like, I would never say that, but now I'm, I'm an older man and I'm comfortable in my bones. So yeah. I can I can share that with people, but it was like I slept in my mom's uh, the floor underneath my mom's bed, not under the bed, but oh. um, yeah, and uh, she was really <laughs> she was puzzled by that, but uh, you know, uh, what are you gonna do? Spooks for different groups. So um, what's your scariest thing? Have you ever do you believe in ghosts? Let's start with there. Do you believe in ghosts? I don't not believe in them. <sighs> Jesus, Bear, come but on, man. Pick a side. I think there's a possibility. All right, all right. That's. I don't know. I'm not that. But I'm not that easily scared in terms of films. Um, okay, let's. All right, let's let's steer it in that direction. I'm I'm talking reality though, because. Well, re, but The Exorcist in terms of reality. Um. No, no. As far as believing in ghosts, uh, well, yeah. Exorcist was. Those are yeah. That's a scary movie. I'm. I I understand that I'm I'm driving erratically right now, Bear. But um, I'm still going in the. In terms of real scares. Yeah, uh, yes. yeah, like real yeah. scare. Like what? Um, I mean, it, complacency. I don't, that's a scary thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of. Uh, would that like, be existential? I don't know, but like, because people use that word a lot, and sometimes it's like, I don't think I know what existential means. Well, I've looked it up, and then I read it, and I'm like, I'm not. I, Nietzsche. Still, I don't know. I don't. Right. That's it. They refer to like Dada and, and Nietzsche, or, and what? I was just like, yeah. All right. No. But like, if something happens that hasn't happened before, okay, like pretty much like all the time. <laughs> well, when, but I mean, like, say there's a set of rules and things are done a certain way, 
for a number of years. Okay. And then a guy shows up and he does it a different way that's not normal and is scary as hell. But right. people go, well, I guess we're doing it this way now as opposed to like, wait a minute. And, and that would be... Uh, like the government. The government? Uh, yeah, I mean... Like what? Like, like democracy, that sort of thing? Is that where you're No, I'm to? thinking more like... Uh, Mr. President, we've impeached you. Well, I'm not leaving. Oh, 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 all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's... But uh, not that doesn't scare me. What scares me is that happening and people going, eh, whatever. Um, and then they just don't, like, give a... Like, well, I, I, I don't want to, like, uh, get into that because... Um, yeah, that's a... Because things go and, and people get people get really um, uh, worked up and extremely yeah. passionate over these things. And um, in terms of okay, I I I, I um, in terms of more paranormal and metaphysical things, I don't have any particular fears. Okay, excellent. I've heard stories that attest that zombies are real, so um, that's fun. Okay, well I. Um, we, uh, my, my family and my, my partner and, and child, and we lived in a, a very old house in, in San Francisco here. Uh, very old. Oh, it was, it was so old. And how old was it? It was, uh, over a hundred years old off pre earthquake. Oh, six old. Ooh. So this was Victorian people. A lot of people, a lot of shit went down in this house. <laughs> lot of shit two floors you know two apartments yeah. uh over 100 years there's a lot of living and dying and all generations of shit going down in here so not i mean that's like of course compared to other places around the world that's like nothing right of course but in our own little american uh you know bubble uh yeah. it was uh old it was an old place so um, my partner is a very, uh, um, she's Mexican. Not that that may, <laughs> oh man, uh, I don't know. All right. That's, that's, that came out wrong. I have a lot of, <laughs> she is in fact Mexican. I know Mexicans and they um, get out the sage. Um, but she, do she is, and I don't, I'm not going, I'm not going into that I, there. Um, she has, uh, She's seen a lot of shit, you know, she's, yeah. she's got older yeah. things and, and all kinds of, especially around death and, and, yeah. and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, so, so you're saying, your I don't, I don't, I don't, we, we, we lived in this house for eight, nine years. And so we're into it. So we're, uh, bear, bear with me. We're five, about five years in yeah. and, um, and and she she gets scared, you know. I I mean I don't uh, I I don't fuck with her, you know, to try to scare her and be like, you know, and tickle her and that. Um, that she's not that kind of uh, woman. She's she wants, uh, <laughs> you know, some women want that <laughs> to be tickled and whatnot, but um, not this one. However, um, when uh, 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 we we're uh talking one time and then uh i'm like uh yeah something like yeah maybe you like saw something there you know and she's like what are you saying 
And I'm like, uh, well, you know, like if you just, you know, saw like something like out of the corner of your eye, like rushing by. Mm. And um, uh, she's like, what, you know, like, you know, like a person. And I'm like, well, and I'm like, I've seen this like person, yeah. like kid, maybe uh, of a kid. And it's not like a kid with the aura and the, and the old, you know, Victorian like gown on, you know, night clothes thing. But it was just like a kid with an aura and in like night clothes. <laughs> and it was just like that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, and, and at, at that point we had the realization that we both had this, um, these kind of things that we saw that were very similar and, uh, we, we decided to share that with us. And so, um, I'm asking myself the question cause, uh, you, uh, uh, want, kind of want to believe I, I, I do believe that, um, uh, there's, you know, I don't know to what degree or how it manifests itself or whatever, but I think there's these, you know, the spirit that we are, uh, uh, you know, handling right now is, um, I think there's a hereafter. That's what I'm, all right. Um, yeah, hereafter. Well, what do you think, man? You think there's a hereafter or are we just gone, man? When we're gone, we're gone. I am. Yeah, all right. All right. It's getting like way too heavy here. Uh, let's see. So, what are we going to do? There's a here, there, and everywhere. Um, well, I've got a bunch of, I've got a, um, well, let me, all right, all right, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to grab these records and I'm going to get into any. We had LA, uh, from LA Women, The Doors, Riders on the Storm. We had ELO in there, uh, Evil Woman. We had the Pixies, uh, Cactus from the Surfer Rosa record. Jan and Dean doing uh, Dead Man's Curve. Yay. Warren Zevon doing Werewolves of London. We had Yay. War doing Slipping in the Darkness, uh, fronted with with uh, PJ Harvey doing Dear Darkness. We had <clears throat> Sons of the Pioneers doing uh, Ghost Riders on the Storm. Neil Young from Tonight's Night, the title cut, Blue Oyster Colts. Um, uh, what's that one? Don't Fear the Reaper. Uh, Edgar Winter Group, Frankenstein, Frank Zappa, Zombie Wolf from the Overnight Sensation. And we opened with Alice Cooper uh, from the Welcome to My Nightmare record for uh, with the, uh, uh, the open, uh, whatever it is, the, the title. title the title track, of course. So um, I'm... I don't think we're going to do uh, uh, a uh, rise from the basement this evening because it's no lie in the basement. We're miles apart. No surprise. Going to rise from the basement. We may do one. I got one kind of queued up. So we may. We may get into it. But uh, I've done some things where I've sent out uh, if people have a certain genre, if we have a theme. Um, I've done it once. And it worked. I got a couple but I didn't do that for this. Didn't put a whole lot of prep in the Halloween thing. I uh, should have, although I did uh, a couple of weeks. I mean, I fished through my records and I did, I did pretty good. It was, uh, you know, I had some pretty cheesy things in there, but um, I still have some, some good uh, spoken word stuff. So we're going to get to that. Um, but I think what we're going to do is stop me from talking 
and um, get this uh, show back on the road. Huh? What do you think? Yeah, this one. that you believe in ghosts too. After all, they believe in you, so it is only common courtesy and politeness to return the favor. As a matter of fact, I tell them human stories all the time, and they enjoy them immensely. 
Now, of course, the best way to listen to ghost stories is with the lights out. There is nothing like a dark room to attract ghosts. And you may like to have some of our mutual friends come and listen with you. Are the lights out? Good. Doors closed? Blinds drawn? Excellent. Don't worry about the ghosts getting in. They can slither through keyholes and under doors, you know. Now just be quiet. Hear that slithering? Ah, good. Now that we're all here, we can begin. First of all, let me say that I have always been curious about those things which makes the average person's blood run cold with fear and horror. But then the average person becomes upset over such simple things as a door opening, footsteps in the hall, an ordinary owl or cat. And they make such a fuss over simple things like the fluttering of a bird's wings, a girl's voice on a summer evening, or for that matter, a dripping faucet as we seem to have here. But you and I are above these things. However, it might be best for me to get a wrench and turn that water off completely. While I'm doing that, why don't you listen to the first story, The Haunted and the Haunters, or The Pirate's Curse. It's about the housing shortage some years ago. I had just arrived back in London with my family from a trip to India. It was the spring of 1894, as I recall, and the first job at hand was to find quarters for ourselves and our servant, a nice, agreeable chap named Alfred. After several days of touring the busy streets of London, I finally found a house that was unoccupied. Taking down the address of the owner, I went around to see him. He was delighted to see me, much too delighted, in fact. He said he would let me use the house rent-free for an entire year if I could move in immediately. Poor fellow had the idea the place was haunted. For my part, I was delighted and made plans to stay there that very night. I was pleased to find that Alfred was willing to join me in the little adventure. I sent him on ahead and ran around to our hotel to notify my wife of our good fortune and tell her I was spending the night in our new house. I reached the house knocked, and my servant Alfred opened the door. He lit a candle, and we went to the rooms we were to occupy for the night. My bedroom was the largest. The four-poster bed was opposite the fireplace, and Alfred soon had a fire burning bright and clear. A door communicated with the small room that Alfred was to occupy, which had no other exit but that door leading to my bedroom. In the bureau, which rested near the bed, I found an old silk kerchief, a few odds and ends of female dress, and two faded letters tied round with a narrow ribbon of pale yellow. While I read them, Alfred opened a small box and removed a revolver and a dagger which I had ordered him to bring. One could never tell. 
Each letter consisted of one line. The first stated, what's done can't be undone. And the second, there's nothing against you unless the dead could come to life. In a shaky female hand had been written, they can. It was then that I noticed on the outside envelope the words, lost at sea. I laid the letters on a table in the center of the room, stirred up the crackling fire, picked up a volume of Dickens and read quietly enough until about half past eleven. I told Alfred he might retire to his room. A few moments before midnight, I felt a sudden draft of cold air pass by my cheek. I fancied the door to my right had got open, but now it was closed. I then looked to the left and saw the flame of the candles flicker violently. I sprang up and seized the revolver and the dagger. Then I heard three slow, loud, distinct knocks at the head of my bed. Suddenly, Alfred ran from his room. If ever I saw horror in the human face, it was then. He gasped in a hollow whisper that scarcely seemed to come from his lips. Run, run, it is after me. He ran to the landing and down the stairs, taking several at a time. In a moment, I heard the street door open and slam shut. I was alone in the haunted house. Then, I saw it. How shall I tell you what it was like? It was a darkness, shaping itself forth from the air in very undefined outline. I cannot say it was a human form, and yet it had more resemblance to a human form than anything else. As it stood, its dimensions seemed gigantic, the summit nearly reaching the ceiling. As I stared, I thought that I distinguished two eyes looking down on me from the boiling air. I tried to speak, but could not. I could only think to myself, is this fear? Is this fear? I tried to move, but could not. I felt as if I were weighted down by an irresistible force. Opposed to my will was another, far superior. My fear now became horror, horror that no words can convey. Still, I retained pride. And if not pride, then courage. For in my mind I said, this is horror, but it is not fear. Unless I fear, I cannot be harmed. With a great deal of effort, I reached my hand out toward the dagger on the table. But as I did, I felt a strange shock on my arm and shoulder, and I was powerless. And now the light slowly began to wane from the candles. The same was happening with the fire. In a moment, the room was in utter darkness, and my terror reached a climax. And wonder of wonders, I broke forth with the words, I do not fear, my soul does not fear. With that, I found the strength to leap from the bed and rush to the window and throw back the curtains and fling open the shutters, for my first thought was, LIGHT! bright moonlight. Flooded into the room, I felt a joy that almost compensated for the previous terror. Then came the same measured knocks I had heard before. The entire room began to vibrate. 
A chair advanced itself from the far wall to the table, and in it there now grew a shape. It was that of a young woman with long blonde hair which she was combing. And as she combed, she looked at the door to the landing as if waiting. The shadow on the far wall seemed to grow darker and darker. It also seemed to be waiting. Now from that door appeared another shape, that of a young man in the dress of a century ago. He moved toward the young woman, and as he did, the great shadow struck, boiling down over the two. There was a soft chuckling sound. <laughs> then the great shadow whirled away as if in triumph, and there on the floor it left the wispy figures of the young man and woman. As it had been withdrawn, the flame grew in the candles and the fire in the grate. The whole room came once more calmly into sight. The next day, I explained the night's proceedings to the owner, and together we went over the house with a fine tooth comb. In the basement, we found buried back under the bedroom wing a battered sea chest with a crest on it bearing the letters G.H., and in it a sheaf of papers which explained the ritual of the night before. G.H. were the initials of Gideon Hawk, an English pirate who had been in love with the young girl who lived in this home 100 years ago. She refused his attentions and married a proper gentleman of aristocratic birth. In a rage of vengeance, Hawk vowed their death. But before he could arrive in England on his terrible mission, his boat was caught in a storm and nothing survived but the wreckage in which was found the trunk. A short time later, the young lady and her husband died under very mysterious circumstances. With the removal of the trunk, the nightly reenactment of Gideon Hawke's revenge ceased. And I must say that the house has become a fine, cozy home for myself and my family. As, as a matter of fact, we still live there. As you can tell, I didn't manage to find a wrench, but I did find a pail, which is just as well as the drain pipe is quite clogged and rusty. Whilst I consider the next step in my plumbing problem, you can listen to another innocent story. The magician, or till death do us part. It was hard to imagine why Jenny thought the magician in the circus attractive. He had large bulging eyes, a high domed forehead, and a thin slit of a mouth which twitched slightly all the time. But dressed in his top hat and wearing a red silk lined cape, he was everything a poor romantic little farm girl could ask for, especially a little farm girl whose life was one dreary day of drudgery after another. Perhaps it was the strange hypnotic feeling she had when he said, Jenny, eh? What a pretty name. What a pretty girl. And you say you would like a job as my assistant in the circus? Come in, Jenny. She stepped into his wagon and looked about and was so entranced by what she saw that she was only dimly aware of the door swinging shut and the lock clicking behind her. The room was filled with strange things. A bat bobbing in a large jar of alcohol, pictures of strange creatures with five legs and six eyes, 
On the walls, strangely colored charts of the sun and the stars. The windows draped with a thick purple gauze. A mummified cat baring its teeth. And huddled on an old bent chair in one corner was a young girl of about her own age. I was just talking to Esmeralda here, said the magician. She's been a bad girl, haven't you, my pet? I won't stay here any longer, said the girl in a tearful voice. That's one, said the magician, his mouth twitching a bit more than usual. I won't be your assistant any longer, said Esmeralda. That's two, twitched the magician as he took a step toward the girl. Jenny whispered, what are you going to do? The magician turned his large eyes on her and said, I'll be with you in a moment, my dear. Esmeralda ran to the door, but it was locked. Let me go, she screamed. The magician waved a long bony finger at the girl and said, That's three! With that, there was a blinding flash. Jenny looked. And there, where a moment before stood a pretty young girl, was a squeaking white mouse. The magician pounced on the mouse and chuckled. <laughs> he picked it up and walked to a small closet. He opened the door and took out a cage that was filled with white mice. He dropped Esmeralda in the cage and put it away. He turned and moved toward Jenny. And now, my dear, what was it you were saying? He said. Jenny ran to the door and started to hammer at it with her fists. She turned and said, You terrible, horrible man doing such an awful thing. I wouldn't be your assistant if you were the last magician on earth. The magician shook his finger at her, smiled and said quietly, That's one. Well, the water is well up over my ankles, but I managed to find an old set of hip boots. At least the rugs and floors here will get a good washing down. Now here's a story called Johnny Takes a Dare, or The More the Merrier. The best thing about the new house they were building down by the woods at the other end of town was that there wasn't any watchman. You know how cool it is to play in a house that's being built? All that sand and all those wooden beams over the cellar that you can walk tightrope on? The kind of playing that it's a good thing parents don't know anything about, because if they did, they'd have a fit. Well, it all happened on a Saturday in the summertime, the time of year when you have dinner and still have a few hours of daylight left to play in. Johnny, a husky 10-year-old, and his pals were playing King of the Hill on the sand pile by the new home. And Johnny was doing a pretty good job of being the king. As they wrestled up and down, the sun slowly set through the trees and cast long, shadowy fingers across the unfinished house and the great piles of unused lumber. The darker it got, the brighter glowed the red warning lantern which the workmen had left behind until finally, Everything was bathed in an eerie red glow. Finally, the game stopped, and the boys, breathing heavily, looked about them. Gee, it's scary, isn't it? One of the boys said with wide eyes. Nothing to be scared of, said Johnny, who liked to think that he wasn't scared of anything. 
One of the boys whispered, Gee, fellas, think I'll just head on home. Oh, yeah, whispered another boy. I'll bet that you get out of here as fast as we do. Johnny yawned and stretched. I don't know, fellas. Maybe I'll just spend the night here, the whispering boy said. Go on. I just dare you to. What'll you give me if I do, said Johnny, who liked to take dares to show how brave he was. My new scout knife, whispered the boy as he edged toward the road home. Sure, said Johnny, like taking candy from a baby. Drop off and tell my folks I'm camping out for the night. Johnny looked around and started for the unfinished house. He was startled for a moment as he saw a great shadow moving against the side of it, but laughed weakly to himself as he realized it was his own shadow caused by the red lantern light. One room was almost finished. At least it had a floor and a roof on. Good a place as any, said Johnny to himself as he found a clear place on the floor and settled down. The wind blew crisply through the open doors and windows. There was just a sliver of a moon, but it was quickly covered by a swift moving cloud. Soon there was no light at all, but the red lantern glowed against the opposite wall. After a while, Johnny thought his eyes were playing tricks on him because the red lantern light seemed to be getting dimmer and dimmer. What was that? He heard the sound of scratching from the next room. It got louder and louder. Then around the corner scurried a squirrel. Said Johnny half to himself. The squirrel looked at Johnny and almost grinned. At least Johnny thought he did. And he settled back again. What was that? Scratching again, louder this time. Then he saw a shadow move slowly into the doorway. It was another squirrel, but it was as big as a cat. Johnny pretended to be asleep. The big squirrel pattered over to the little squirrel and spoke to him. Hello there, Henry. Well, what are we going to do with him? Good evening, Clarence. We'll wait until Charlie comes, said the little squirrel. And they both turned and grinned in Johnny's direction. Through half-closed eyes, Johnny thought that their teeth were awfully long and that he didn't care so much about that new scout knife. A few moments later, there was some more scratching. Pretty loud this time. And in the door came a squirrel as big as a sheepdog. He shuffled over to the others and nodded in greeting. Hmm, Henry? Clarence? Hmm, what'll we do with him? Henry piped up. Like I just told Clarence here, George. I'll wait till Charlie comes. George nodded and grinned at Johnny, who was beginning to have some doubts about this whole adventure. He was beginning to wish he was home in his own bed when he heard a heavy noise. And in through the door came a squirrel as big as a good-sized pony. His bushy tail brushed the top of the door as he entered. He lumbered over to the other three and sat up, and his head almost touched the ceiling. He said, Hello, Clarence. George. Oh, I didn't see you there, Henry. 
Well, what are we going to do with him? The other three said, Hello, Cecil, wait till Charlie comes. Then they all turned toward Johnny, but before they could grin at him, Johnny leaped to his feet, and as he ran wildly out the door, he shouted, I managed to find the most marvellous chair. It floats beautifully. And you really mustn't worry a bit about all this. We English are a seafaring people, you know. I just must be careful not to tip over, which reminds me it's time for you to tip over this record. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, it's alive, a gigantic beast stalking the earth, crushing all before it in a cyclonic cavalcade of electrifying horror, raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Incredible titan of terror, wiping out a city of six million in a holocaust of flame. Yet flames cannot destroy it. Bombs cannot kill it. All modern weapons fail. Is this the end of our civilization? Can the scientists of the world find a way to stop this creature? For the answer, see Godzilla, king of the monsters. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. A tale to stun the mind. More fantastic than any ever written by Jules Verne. More terrifying than any ever shown on the screen. Awesome. Incredible. Unbelievable. A story beyond your wildest dreams. Dynamic violence. Savage action. Spectacular thrill. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Fantastic beyond comprehension. Gripping beyond compare. Astounding beyond belief. The mightiest monster of them all. See Godzilla, King of the Monsters.
childhood's hour I have not been as others were. I have not seen as others saw. I could not bring my passions from a common spring. From the same source I have not taken my sorrow. I could not awaken my heart to joy at the same tone. And all I loved, I loved alone. Then in my childhood, in the dawn of a most stormy life, was drawn from every depth of good and ill the mystery which binds me still. From the torrent or the fountain, from the red cliff of the mountain, from the sun that round me rolled in its autumn tint of gold, from the lightning in the sky as it passed me flying by, from the thunder and the storm and the cloud that took the form when the rest of heaven was blue of a demon in my view.
TV screen Hey buddy, I'm wanting you to turn it on He's a goat, he's a god, he's a man, he's a guru Your one microscopic cog in his catastrophic plan Designed and directed by his red right hand Bug Eye Square, thanks for doing what you got.